Now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, we begin in a brand new book today, the book of 2 Peter. Of course, we'll start at chapter 1, verse 1, and we'll go through verse 21. Here's an overview of some of what we'll be reading here in this passage. 1 Peter was written just before the time that the Roman Emperor Nero began his persecution of Christians. 2 Peter was written two or three years later between the years 66 and 68 A.D., after persecution had intensified. Well, this book of 1 Peter was a letter of encouragement to the Christians who suffered. But 2 Peter focuses on the church's internal problems, especially 
on the false teachers who were causing people to doubt their faith and turn away from Christianity. Many believers want an abundance of God's grace and peace, but they're unwilling to put forth the effort to get to know Him better through Bible study and prayer. Well, to enjoy the privileges God offers us freely, we must grow in our knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. The power to lead a godly life comes from God. Because we don't have the resources to be truly godly, God allows us to share His divine nature in order to keep us from sin and help us live for Him. Now, when we're born again, God by His Spirit empowers us with His own goodness. Faith must be more than belief in certain facts. It has to result in action, growth in Christian character, and the practice of moral discipline, or it will die away. Peter lists several of faith's actions, learning to know God better, developing perseverance, doing God's will, loving others. These actions do not come automatically. Now, they require hard work. They are not optional either. All of them must be a continual part of the Christian life. We don't finish one and start on the next, but we work on them all together simultaneously. God empowers and enables us when we begin to taste and see that the Lord is good. But He also gives us the responsibility to learn and to grow. There are false teachers. And back then, false teachers were saying that self-control was not needed because deeds do not help the believer anyway. Well, it's true that deeds cannot save us. But it's absolutely false to think they're unimportant. Now, we're saved so that we can grow to resemble Christ and serve others as He did. God wants to produce His character in us. But to do this, He demands our discipline and effort as we obey Christ, who guides us by His Spirit. We will develop self-control not only with respect to food and drink, but also with respect to our emotions. All right, with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. November 27th. The New Testament, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 21. This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. And because of His glory and excellence, He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share His divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, Make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. 
So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things, and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. And it is only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live, for our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that I must soon leave this earthly life. So I will work hard to make sure you always remember these things after I am gone. For we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw His majestic splendor with our own eyes when He received honor and glory from God the Father. The voice from the majestic glory of God said to Him, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with Him on the holy mountain. Because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and Christ the morning star shines in your hearts. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. Psalm 119, verses 97 through 112. God's Word makes us wise, wiser than our enemies and wiser than any teachers who ignore it. That is God's Word. True wisdom goes beyond amassing knowledge. It's applying knowledge in a life-changing way. Intelligent or experienced people are not necessarily wise. Wisdom comes from allowing God's teachings to guide us. Now to walk safely in the woods at night, we need a light so we don't trip over tree roots or fall into holes. In this life, we walk through a dark forest of evil. But the Bible can be our light to show us the way ahead so we won't stumble as we walk. It reveals the entangling roots of false values and philosophies. Study the Bible so you'll be able to see your way clear enough to stay on the right path. Psalm 119, verses 97 through 112. Mem. Oh, how I love your, the Lord's, instructions. I think about them all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are my constant guide. Yes, I have more insight than my teachers, for I am always thinking of your laws. I'm even wiser than my elders, for I have kept your commandments. I have refused to walk on any evil path, so that I may remain obedient to your word. I haven't turned away from your regulations, for you have taught me well. How sweet your words taste to me! They are sweeter than honey. Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. None. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I've promised it once, and I'll promise it again. I will obey your righteous regulations. I have suffered much, O Lord. Restore my life again as you promised. Lord, accept my offering of praise, and teach me your regulations. My life constantly hangs in the balance.
but I will not stop obeying your instructions. The wicked have set their traps for me, but I will not turn from your commandments. Your laws are my treasure. They are my heart's delight. I am determined to keep your decrees to the very end. Proverbs chapter 28, verses 17 and 18. A murderer's tormented conscience will drive him into the grave. Don't protect him. The blameless will be rescued from harm, but the crooked will be suddenly destroyed. Tears from her eyes 
And for the children around the world without a home, say a prayer tonight.